The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away podcast. One of the things I've realized is that there's so many chemicals in laundry detergent and the soaps out there. So I either make it myself, it's actually pretty easy, or I use my green fills. If you go to chantelrayway.com soap, I'll give you my free recipe for laundry soap. Or if you just feel like buying one that's really clean and not filled with tons of chemicals, you can get it there, chantelrayway.com soap. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin. To get out of your rut, click here to watch this free video. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I have Melissa Catherine with us today of melissacatherine.com. And our title today is a great one. It's called How to End Emotional Eating and How to Stop Using Food as a Coping Mechanism. So Melissa, welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, and what made you create your website and how you have your following. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's been a long, it's, it's a long story. So I'll give you as brief of a synopsis. Um, so I teach what I struggled with. Um, I thought I was just like every other girl. I thought, you know, I'm dieting. This is what everybody does. Like you're just dieting. And, um, and then I realized that so much of my self-worth was tied up with my weight. It started when I was a little girl. Um, I had really poor body image. Um, I, my mother was very much, I love her so much, and this is not a knock, um, but just more critical of me and my weight and needing to look a certain way. And I really internalized that as something's wrong with me and it has to be my weight. Um, and as a result, I didn't really start with the disordered eating until after I graduated from college, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and it was when I, I actually went to Weight Watchers and I moved to New York City and I remember I was in the fashion industry and so many, I mean, it's so true, so many of the women were like, you're gonna eat that? And, you know, and just everyone was kind of like hardly eating their salads. You know, we would go to the bar at night and it was like, you vodka and olives were your dinner, you know? Um, and I just remember sitting there like, this is so bizarre. But then, you know, you kind of like, I got wrapped up in that world um, to, bring it up to speed. I basically started off in Weight Watchers and I still know all the points to everything. Um, and my mind got, you know, I was like, oh, well, I started manipulating the Weight Watchers system to how many points do we need to really get the results that I want? And I really got into the dieting industry. And from there, um, I ended up doing a lot of different things, but I ended up doing a fitness competition and I won best body in the International Natural Body Federation in New York City. And I had transformed my body. At this point in time, I was an ideal body coach. I was helping women get their body and transform and, and do all the things. And I gained the weight back in about three months time. And it was then that I really sat and I said, I don't need another diet. 
Like I've done all the diets. I know how to transform my body. I'm a nutritionist. I've got the background with science. I've done fitness. Like I was a fitness trainer. I've now competed. What's going on here? What's really underneath all of this? And I really saw that I had such a lack of a relationship with myself. I didn't want to be alone with me. At that point, I was binging on healthy foods. I was binging on protein bars. I think I like would sit and eat like six crust bars, you know, in a row. And I mean, there was just, there was such an unhealthy, I looked more forward to coming home and spending my nights with food than I did going out with my friends living in an incredible city, you know, and I, and I sat there and there was so much shame and guilt and there was no reason for it because on the outside, I looked like this fit, healthy, girl and I was always going up and down. I call it like a dieter's prison. I was either up 10, 15 pounds or down. Either way, I was in this prison within my mind of making myself wrong, of either restricting and depriving and living in the gym, or I was you know, up 10 pounds and not wanting to do anything, not wanting to be seen. And I really saw that once I got underneath this, I was like, okay, I need to deconstruct this because nobody is actually teaching you how to get to the other side. And I just saw that I was like, oh, this isn't just a diet or like, I'm, this is my way of life. And I don't know what to do if I'm not making myself wrong and how much my worth was tied up in that. So bringing it up to speed. Um, then I created the method that I teach. I healed myself and I've maintained that weight loss and had a healthy relationship with food. Um, and what I really saw that bring like most recently for me was um, that I got diagnosed with thyroid cancer and what saved me and what I'm so passionate about with helping women now is like not only healing their body and their relationship with food, but opening up that channel of connectivity in with yourself. Because when you aren't even looking at yourself in the mirror, when you are being unkind to yourself, when you're using food to cope with life and you're in, you're actually in that relationship with food and you're not in a relationship with self. And it was through my relationship with my body that I actually got the guidance, like get your throat checked, went, continued to pursue that, found out I had cancer, got on the other side of cancer and healed my body of a lot of different illnesses and things where I'm really passionate about helping women to understand that that relationship is one of the most priceless, profound things that you can have within yourself. Mm, I love that. Well, one of the things that you say that I've never heard anyone say before, and I saw on your website, which I don't even honestly know what it means, but on your website, you have a quiz and you say, learn how to eat right for your archetype to lose weight with ease and never have to diet again. So first of all, what does archetype even mean? I don't even know what that means. And give us some, give us a couple of glimpses of that. What are the kind of different things that you suggest to eat right for your archetype? Yeah. So if you go and, and do the quiz, so an archetype is essentially um, a different type of person, an identity. We can say a personality quiz, a, you know, but an archetype is, it's a, it's, if you were sitting there going, okay, what is this person? How would I define myself? What are some characteristics? And you can see when you do the quiz that it goes into mindset, the way even down to the way that you dress to the foods that you choose. So um, there's four different archetypes that I saw. I've been doing this work for over a decade and I would see it in women. There's the nurturer, the avoider, the rebel, and the perfectionist. And it gives you a description of each and I can run. Yeah. Run through a couple of them real quick. Yeah. So the nurturer is the woman that um, she loves to give. 
Um, she loves to be, she's the yes girl. Um, she's a people pleaser. She gives, 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 often at a fault to herself. Um, she gets so much of her worthiness. All of these archetypes, your worthiness is tied to this type of archetype. So she gets her worthiness from giving, from making other people feel good, from, from being the person that other people need. Now, here's the flip side of that and kind of what we call like the shadow of that is she often resents that she doesn't have time to take care of herself. As a result of being a yes to everybody else, she's the bottom of her priority list. And that means she gains the weight. She ends up seeking out food to give back to herself when she's exhausted, when she's um, feeling not appreciated. So there's a lot. She does the giving. She, she loves to take care of. Um, and we often take on these archetypes as the role that we took on as a child within our family as well. And we often will see our mothers do that. Um, and that's how it becomes our way of being. And it's a way that we kind of make up for a gap within ourselves where we're wanting to avoid that we experience younger in our childhood, in our adolescence. So um, that would be the nurturer. And again, she ends up eating to make up for that and not taking care of herself. So then she doesn't have time to work out. She doesn't, but she's got all of these reasons why, right? And she's actually afraid to say no and to um, let go of those things um, and like, because that's what gives her her worth. Now the avoider um, and the rebel, well, I'll go to the rebel next just to, for purposes of time because so many women relate to the rebel. The rebel is the dieter, she restricts, she lives in extremes of black and white. Um, and then there's very, there's very little gray. Um, so she ends up going to these extremes and then she ends up rebelling against herself. She's all in with her workouts. I'm going to go seven days a week. I'm all in for this cleanse. I'm going to do this. And then she ends up seeing results. And the minute that she sees results, she ends up going the other way and ends up going and binging that night or overeating or going out with friends and over drinking and then eating too much and then feeling really bad about herself. And it goes into a downward spiral. And then she has to go on the other extreme again of, okay, I'm back in the diet. I'm back in the game. So she lives in that, that space most of her life. Um, and it causes her to always feel imbalanced and she's never winning, right? Um, and then you've got the avoider who um, always talks about wanting to lose weight. She always talks about wanting to heal her relationship with food. She always talks about, well, I get the body, but the truth is she's never doing anything about it. And it's really a fear of failure that haunts her. So she has other areas of her life where she's maybe, you know, she, her worthiness comes from her intellect um, or her worthiness comes from being kind and it was so thoughtful and giving. But what she really wants and says that she wants, she's never actually doing anything about. She creates a lot of plans for the plan to do the things. And, it, and, and mentally, she feels like she's done a lot. And then she beats herself up for not actually getting the results, right? Mm -hmm. So she's the one that's always like, okay, yeah, we'll do all the things. But when it comes to taking action, she's not taking action, but mentally she feels exhausted and like she has and gets really frustrated that the results aren't there for all of the planning that she's been doing and all the research that she's been doing. So she's the one that's always Googling everything and planning and planning and planning. Um, and that's where her frustration comes in. Um, and then we have the perfectionist and the perfectionist is, and you'll notice in all of these, there's probably 
there's one that you definitely relate with and then a second a secondary that you're like oh, okay and you're going to relate to all of them the perfectionist is and i hate i hate perfectionism i i'm a recovering perfectionist because no matter what you do it's never enough we if i actually like when i do talks and i'll say in a room what is your definition of perfection the all the women are just like it's not me you know when we really get down to it it's just it's somebody other than me everyone has a different idea of the perfect body the perfect life the perfect amount of money so no matter how successful and no matter how much weight you lose you'll get down to that that goal weight and then you'll go well look my arms are flabby oh my god look at my now i need a, a facelift now i need to and now I'm my at my butt saggy my this so you're never enough so you're always always finding fault within yourself. So no matter how wonderful things are, you're always looking at where you need to be and you go from A to B. And when you're getting there, you're never actually enjoying the journey. You're just like, let me just get there already. And then when you get to B, you're looking at getting to C. So it's these mm -hmm. ways of being that actually really, really show up in the way that we eat. One of the things I've realized is that there's so many chemicals in laundry detergent and the soaps out there. So I either make it myself, it's actually pretty easy, or I use my green fills. If you go to chantelrayway.com soap, I'll give you my free recipe for laundry soap. Or if you just feel like buying one that's really clean and not filled with tons of chemicals, you can get it there, chantelrayway.com soap. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin. To get out of your rut, click here to watch this free video. So, you know, one of the things that I love about intermittent fasting is that I believe that's one of the biggest tools that really helped me to truly recognize true hunger because, you know, I was eating all the time before and then I never really understood. I was eating because it was breakfast. I was eating because it was lunch. I was eating because it was dinner. Once I started doing intermittent fasting, I truly started understanding the true meaning of hunger and I was physically hungry, um, which I know that sounds weird, but for the longest time, I never was. I never even knew what being hungry was because I just, you know, snacked here and ate here and, and did all of that. And so it's funny because I was thinking, I wanted to ask you what your opinion is. My mom came down at Christmas time and, you know, I when she left, I think I gained like two pounds. I mean, nothing crazy, you know, but we, we go out to eat a lot and we go to like healthy places that she loves. But I just, when I was, when I'm with her, I always recognize that I eat a little bit more than I, than I would if I'm not with her. And it was kind of an aha moment. Cause I was thinking, you know, obviously it was like, I only gained like one or two pounds and, you know, quickly got it off. But why do you think, what could be some of the causes of why was I overeating when I was with my mom? And I'll tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom's very thin. She is a size zero or a size two, and she's gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. And she always was feeding me very healthy food when I was growing up, but some of it was really gross. And so I 
feel like I was always felt deprived. So like while other kids, like they'd open up their lunch and they got like a fruit roll up and chips, you know, I was getting like turkey enchiladas, you know, or something gross. And so, you know, or she was making me, you know, just something that was just disgusting. And so I, I had this feeling of being deprived. And so I'm trying to kind of relate it now, you know, why is it that when I'm with my mom, I'm eating a little bit more? What would you say that, do you have any ideas on what that would be? Oh yeah, I talk about this all the time. And by the way, you're not alone. The majority of women don't know hunger. I teach it in our program. So it, it's not like, like the most just start subscribing to dieting and they have no idea. They're eating five meals a day. They're eating one meal a day. They're eating three that, that they aren't connected and actually, you know, don't know what that actually feels like. And many actually fear feeling hungry. Um, so that's why they're always snacking on something and they have a protein bar in the car and like, you know, there's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, so I actually, um, if you ever noticed, um, you, like you go home for the holidays and you end up eating more, it's yes. so we're animals by nature. Um, so just like when, um, I hate to say this, but like, just like when an animal will like, you know, maybe, um, you know, come in the house and all of a sudden it can go to the bathroom or like, like it knows exactly where to go or like, you know, it knows exactly where to go to look for food. Our bodies are very familiar and they're very familiar. And you also know this, um, our subconscious mind st doesn't, our stops forming after the age of eight. So we're all, we're all our inner child is what's really operating our adult decisions and behaviors and behaviors that we've had since we were young will become exactly what we replicate again when we're with that familiar person. So also when we do mother-daughter work, you have an energetic attachment. You had an umbilical cord, there's an attachment. So you also pick up on your mother and your mother's judgments and your mother's um, experience of foods and energy and thoughts. We're all energetic beings. So as, a, as an animal by nature and in terms of energy, you're going to pick that up and you will replicate behaviors regardless. And it will be almost like it's on autopilot. Like you're watching, like having an out-of-body experience. Like this is fascinating. I'm finishing my plate in front of my mother, but I was like done being hungry half of my portion ago. And if I was home, I wouldn't have done that. Wow, this is so interesting because consciously you're very aware of yourself. But when we really look on a cellular level, and we, when we're coding and we're looking at the coding that we have, I don't want to get too far gone here, but when we're looking at the coding that we have from childhood, we replicate those patterns until we actually are doing those daily pattern interruptions. So what I would say with you is I would go back and do some of that work with your inner child where it's like, what was going on for you? What are some beliefs that you have in that moment? What were you experiencing in that time with your mom? And really talking to her and doing like an open dialogue and seeing how do I feel? Do I feel any judgments? Is there a part of me that still feels inadequate or that is feeling like, oh, okay, mom, I get to show you that I get to make my choices with my food now and I don't have to eat the things, right? Because we do have a rebellious nature in our, in, as a, in the inner child, right? We have all these different parts within us at different ages. And that's, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I do a lot around like what to do when you go home for the holidays and why you can be so healthy and have lost all this weight and feel so good and empowered around food. And you're great for like a day or two, but by day three, you're like circling the Christmas cookies, you know? Um, 
it's all, it, it's really interesting. And it, it goes back to um, our patterns and our beliefs. And then also um, having to really shift um, energetically and do that pattern interruption to get us out of that loop. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Um, so another thing that people kind of want to know is what what do you do? Because you look amazing. You just have an amazing body and look fantastic. Tell some of the tips that you do. You know, do you are you really trying to limit your sugar or are you eating what what you want? So I love when when I love when I see people and they're like you know, so tiny and they're like, she eats whatever she wants. And she's like, I do. If you notice when you watch fit people, they work at it. I like, so I really want to be really honest here. Like, like I work out maybe 30 minutes a day, 45 sometimes. Um, I'm not like, it's not crazy with that. I try to be as active. Like I, I'll do a walk at like sunset. I try to do that a few days a week, maybe like two, three. I'd love to sit there and say I do it all the time. But like, like I really want to be real because I think there's a misconception. When you watch naturally slender people, um, and I had to work to get where I am. You know, I naturally have, yeah, I'm 5'4", and I'm like a tinier build, but I have muscular legs in my family. There, you know, you can put weight on quite easily. Like it's, you know, Italian, Irish, my mom, like food is love. It's like, do you feel like you're going to vomit? Like keep eating, you know? Um, and so, uh, the things that I do is, and I shared this, um, I always share this with my communities. One, when you look at slender people and you watch what they eat, they might order a burger and fries, but watch that girl. She'll have maybe four or five fries and like half her burger. Yes. Not eating the whole thing. Now the dieter is like, well, I ordered a burger and fries, so I've already thrown my diet out, out the window, so I might as well eat that and then get ice cream. Yes. Right? There's, there's a, it's a whole different experience. Right. I created for myself a fit identity. I remember um, my boyfriend, this wasn't like on purpose, but like my boyfriend at the time got up for the stock exchange. I lived in New York City. He got up at like five in the morning. I was already up. And I was like, well, I might as well just go to the gym. I have a gym in my building. And then I started to notice, wow, I like this. Then I get more time with him after work. I don't have to do that crazy bring your gym, your gym bag to work and do all the things. So I sat there and I was like, I'm creating, a, I looked and deconstructed and I was like, I created a fit identity. I made it so that it was a commitment to me. And I enhanced it by telling myself, how did it become an identity? When I really look back, I told myself why I loved it so much why I loved moving my body, why it felt so good. I liked that I would already get to work and had already taken care of myself. I liked that people started to identify me that way and started, you know, I, it was empowering. I liked that all of a sudden I went from never having been an athlete at all to like at all, um, to all of a sudden people wanted to know what I was doing. And it, it like, it made me, it gave me confidence. I found this inner strength. I found this new way of being with myself and I kept going, I really like this. So it started off as like, let me try this. I'm already up to, okay, we'll add some days, right? Like I always tell people I eat clean. So one is create a fit identity. Okay. So create the identity. Why is it beneficial to you to get the body? Why do you want that? What do you want to feel? What is good about it? Because so many look at, you know, the restriction of it. Well, now I go to, don't get to have fun anymore. It's like, who says, you know, what's really fun is feeling good when you leave a restaurant. You know what else is fun? 
buying clothes and loving the way you look and feeling them. You know what else is fun? Feeling strong and being aging and knowing that your body age is going down and down and down while your age is going up and up and up. Like these are awesome. Like I want to be a hot great grandmother. I want to run around and have my kids be like, dude, look at my mom, you know? And my grandkids be like, I'm like running around with them. Like I want to age backwards. So everything that I eat, I consider my body a temple. It has a purpose. Everything I put into my body has a purpose. Does this mean that I don't have ice cream and things? Of course I do. But I don't feel good with that stuff in my body all the time. I don't mm. like feeling brain fog and feeling bloated and not feeling good. And when I do do it, it is a hell yes. Like I teach my clients, like if you're sitting there, don't just go eat a piece of cake because it's, the cake's there and you already like feel like you blew your, like make it a hell yes. Like that I'm going to eat it and I'm not going to make myself wrong for it. And it doesn't mean that all of a sudden now I'm going to eat 20 other things. Cake is cake. And another, so one, create a fit identity and stand behind it and build it off of how you want to feel and what are the benefits and vanity. There is nothing wrong with vanity. Not everything has to be, nobody wakes up and is like, I want to feel healthy. Like some people do, but in reality, you want to look good naked. You want to buy clothes. You want to like, feel sexy and, and good. And you want to like for aging, right? So identity next, meet yourself where you're at. You're not going to all of a sudden go from never having worked out to working out seven days a week. That's setting you up for failure. Meet yourself where you're at, start with two days and build on it. We never want to do something that we feel like we have to, we want to do what we choose. So you need to build the case for why you're choosing it. Right. The next thing is recognizing really like, again, people that are fit, they're in the gym. <laughs> like They're not just magically like that. They are conscious of it. I, every time I travel, when I was in Jamaica with my family recently, where am I? I got up and I went to the gym or went on runs in the morning. I took that time for me. It wasn't like I'm on vacation. I'm going to eat everything in sight. Again, that's the dieters mentality because you think there's a short window and everything's food focused. Mm. instead of really being people and fun focused. Well, I can keep going. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I love that you said is that you were binging on protein, you know, protein snacks yeah. and, you know, that calorie. Cause the dieting mind is like, Oh, yeah. I can have five of those instead. And you're counting calories. So you're like, I think I can get a little bit more in today. Like you're not actually living your life. Yeah. And I think I have a, I have a part in my book and I talk about the fact that when people go on diets, they still are eating when they're not hungry. They just, what they do for a short amount of time is they substitute it. And now they're eating carrots when they're not hungry. So they're still associating, I'm not hungry, but I'm just going to eat on protein snacks and protein bars. And, you know, now I'll have a protein shake. And then I get tired of doing that diet and now I'm still eating when I'm not hungry, but now I'm moving over to the fries. And the other piece that I love that you said was about the fact that what happens is, and this was me until I finally started interviewing people. And I did, I interviewed over a thousand women and I literally videoed them while they ate. And then it finally hit me. Because before I had this mentality, like she just has a great metabolism. She's eating burger and fries and it's just, it's just poor little me. I have a terrible metabolism. And then I started videoing these girls and I was like, 
time after time I'd realize, yes, she's eating a cheeseburger and fries, but she ate five fries and ate half her cheeseburger. Well, if you, that's not that much food. And meanwhile, me, I ate the entire cheeseburger and the fries and the milkshake and ate every ounce of it and was eating her other half that she didn't finish. And never did it dawn on me. Sorry, I'll just say, notice too that, um, also, when, when you're not fixated on the food, you actually honor your hunger. Like, you'll go out to, to eat with somebody, and they'll go, you know what, I'm actually not that hungry. hungry. I'm just going to get, like, a, a juice or a cappuccino versus right. when you're fixated on food, you're like, you've been looking forward to that meal. You're like, oh, no, we're going out to eat. Yeah. Like, I thought we'd get an appetizer. I thought we'd get this. I thought it's all about the food, right? And you'll see that those those women really are just, like, they honor their hunger. Like, it's not the food is fuel. I like that. Honor your hunger. So good. So tell listeners, this has been amazing. Thank you for your time today. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah. I just want to say you're amazing and I love what you're doing and I love what you're sharing and I love how many people you're helping. I mean, such a gift to bring them this information. Thank you. You as well. You yeah, as well. Yeah. And I didn't need to cut you off before. I'm like, I could keep going and talk about all the things. Yes. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, so you can find me, um, I mean, I'm on all the social medias. No, uh, it's true though. Um, Instagram at Melissa period Catherine and it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Um, you can do our eat right for your archetype quiz and right away you'll actually get like a, a mini snapshot of like how to eat, um, helping you with your emotions, like all the different things you can do that on my website. Um, I have my wholeness podcast where um, it's, we talk about all the things. Um, and it helps you with um, body, self-worth, empowerment, food, um, energy, um, energy around food, um, and really being able to release um, your emotional attachment to food as well. Um, and then Facebook, uh, we have a, a exclusive private Facebook community that you can join for additional support as well. Um, yeah, so all of those places. Awesome. Well, that's been great. Thanks again for being with us. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.